0: They use facial recognition on a bag.
1: Okay, there we
0: go. And I think at least the movie calls out the fact that this is stupid when they're like, well, this has never been used that way. Oh, it worked. (laughs) I finally watched... Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of I Finally Watched. This is David. And this is Alon, And I finally watched... Deja Vu! I told you not to do that. <laughs> I get you not know it. So after finishing the movie today, I apparently finally watched Deja Vu too. Because I'm really? pretty sure i had only watched like the first 30, 45 minutes of this movie.
1: It's funny because none of the time traveling, viewing, even starts within the first 30, 40 minutes of
0: it. I think I got to the point where he first meets those people.
1: Like those people I- in that room?
0: Yeah, yeah, Val Kilmer and his crew. Because um, you like, meet
1: them before, but you don't meet them in this like this circumstance. You meet Val Kilmer, you don't meet the rest of them, I don't think. You do. He comes out, and they're like investigating. He turns to leave. He sees his partner's car, and he turns back and goes, Oh, when did he
0: get here? And It's like, all the same thing. So you stop there? I mean, like right when it was getting to like the sci-fi part of it. So when I first watched this movie, I was like, it's not very good. Like I wasn't enjoying it. I think I was trying to study at the time, um, in law school. And so I just sort of shut it off. Um, this movie also, you sort of get confused with out of time because of like the word time. And this one has to do with time travel. Since I've never seen any of them. (laughs) People do. Um, so yeah, I wasn't excited about this because you chose this as like the fourth one we were doing this month. Um, even though, yeah, this is our last of the Denzels. And we had a bunch of options and we went with this. And um, yeah, this movie rips. I'm pretty happy with my
1: choice, actually.
0: Yeah, this is really good. Um, yeah, it, it got to a point in the middle to end where Denzel makes a bunch of choices that are sort of don't make sense oh man i can't wait till we get to that because well
1: I, the timeline too right because every <laughs> it's it's annoying and maybe this is what you're talking about and i don't want to get too far into it because i want to well, wait if i had finished, if i'd finished talking you would know what i was talking about uh, fine fine go ahead go ahead
0: what i was saying is he makes choices that just seem illogical and that they seem are just used To move the story along and to keep all the characters in the same spot. Um. Part
1: of that, where I was going to say is that if I was Denzel in this situation, knowing that like, so the whole premise of this thing of the movie is, and it's it's like, it's really spelled out in that scene where he's put into the machine to go back. (laughs) And so Um, the whole premise of that, he goes, what if you die? And he's like, what if I already did this? Right. Right. So thinking that way and being back in time, knowing where he is, why would you, for example, rearrange the letters on the refrigerator as a message to yourself in the past, which doesn't even make sense because now this is a completely separate timeline. But But not until the point where like, on the ferry, but knowing it's like, "Oh, I need to change the timeline." Why would you do things that you know match up to the previous timeline?:
0: Well, and there's some theories, too, that there's actually even more than just the two timelines. Um, and so in the beginning, when Denzel's walking around the crime scene, he hears what he thinks is his cell phone going off. And then it turns out it's the cell phone in a body bag. And given like the time travel elements, I think you're supposed to assume that that's another Denzel in there. Oh, okay. which it wouldn't make sense to be the Denzel that exploded because the timeline definitely did change because the way things occurred changed at the end of the movie. We need to talk about that. And also Denzel was exploded. Right, right. <laughs> Denzel so you're saying,
1: A. So you're, <laughs> so you're saying that like that body bag could a theory is, like, that's Denzel B, C, or D.
0: Yeah, well, that's according to that. I don't... Like, get shot
1: by Caviezel, like, in a different timeline and, like, not exploded.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe, maybe, like, in a timeline where he goes to try and save Patton at, like, the swamp. Sure. And, like, he just gets shot. Now... So this movie was shot in New Orleans. It was originally supposed to be in New York. They decided to shoot New Orleans as they're in pre-production. Katrina happens. Hmm. So they pause. Then they determine they need to leave. Then they decide, no, we're going to come back and really like make this a part of this story.
1: Like, um, um, like nine 11 with 25th hour.
0: Yeah, I guess, I guess if you want to make that connection. Yes. Um, and the screenwriters of this were also a little upset because they think, and I don't know, I'd actually like to read the the screenplay now. I think it'd be interesting if I could get like the original copy. That they wrote a very airtight time travel story. Yeah. And that uh, Tony Scott sort of was more focused on the action and cut out a lot of things that would have really explained the movie better. And he said he kind of agrees that he didn't do like a great job, but he was also on like a very shortened schedule to get things done. And so that sort of led to, because of Katrina and coming back and needing to get the movie out. That sort of led to this truncated schedule and sort of made it what it is with all of that. I still think it's a pretty badass movie. Yeah.
1: I, I mean, are we going to get a deja vu remake?
0: Huh? I don't know. I, I feel like with John David Washington, it was John David Tenet. Washington. Was and, uh... <laughs> and yeah. And Chris Nolan. Yeah. So I, I think inherently in every time travel movie, and I think maybe like Endgame is one of the ones that's got it the best, but that also is sort of a cop out where you're just like, well, no, it's just an alternate timeline. It doesn't matter. So then it's just, you know, it just creates well, what's all these funny, strands.
1: What's funny about Endgame is that there's a scene where they suggest, why don't we just go back and like just kill baby Thanos, right? And then they explain that it's not like back to the future rules or hot tub time machine rules or all these other like time traveling movie rules, because it's, it's almost kind of like different parallel time. I found this so interesting. It's almost like different parallel timelines weren't really used in movies as an explanation for time travel. But then you watch this movie made in 2006 and you're like, Oh my God! If this was made today, people would be like, "Oh, you're stealing from in-game."
0: What I liked about this scenario too, though, is that they—he's like, "Yeah, but if which I don't know, like how this makes sense." He's like, "But if you fix things, then that timeline will take over this one." But it's like, all right, but what does that mean? You know what I mean? Does like definitely, what do yeah. you have to do in order to like st- take over and destroy the previous timeline? Well, especially
1: um, like when he gets to. Jim Caviezel, that's his name, right? Jim Caviezel. Yeah, yeah. When he gets to his house or his like lair on the in the swamps, right? He is wearing that thing where you can see like half of now and then half of four years ago or four, four days ago, right? Right. Um. And he's like, do you see an ambulance like burn like half of his burned out like this is? This is horrible. Um, The place exploded and there's an ambulance. The fact that when he comes back and his first inclination is like, steal an ambulance, you're just like, you, you realize you're falling into the thing. You're not changing anything because then an ambulance is going to be there. There's going to be an explosion. And so... But what the I think the timeline is... doesn't change until Jim Caviezel runs back onto the ferry, and that's when everything changes.
0: I actually disagree. I think what the movie does very well is it's sort of as you're going along, there's these tiny changes, and you're like, "Well, all right, did you know is he changing things?" And the movie's sort of playing with the idea of like, "Oh, maybe he hasn't," but like there, if you're like paying kind of closer attention, it has right because. So Paula Patton dies way earlier than the rest of the the thing the the victims of the boat. So and she th- dies uh, with the ambulance. Well, she didn't though. No, I know, but so that's what I'm saying. So that's she right, does that right then is what changed.
1: But see, that doesn't make sense because if the ambulance is still exploded
0: into the house. Well, except you—that's not how she died in the original timeline. He burned her to death. He was pouring gasoline on her and was going to light her on fire.
1: No, no, no. I, I know, I know. But I, I I'm being confusing, um, and I apologize for that. Um, in the timeline that we know and love, the original timeline. Okay. Okay. The Paula has already been burned by the gasoline, and her body has been. Presumably dumped in the river. Right. Okay. okay. But the ambulance still explodes in the house. Because that they see that that happens. I mean, maybe.
0: Well, he so, see- so there's he, a timeline. He, he sees that they don't. No, no, no. That's real. That's like in the timeline. Well, it's when he goes back, but they see it, but they don't see it when they are looking four days back because it hasn't happened yet.
1: No, 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 but I'm saying in present time, in the timeline, there's an ambulance that is... Exploded. Yeah, but you don't know that that killed her. You don't, but then it then it prints, like, it puts up the thing, is there a timeline where he comes in, the ambulance explodes, but Paula still dies? Like, is that a third timeline that we never see?
0: This kind of reminds me of, like, the... um, A little bit of Tenet, where it's, like, you know, it kind of rubber bands, right? Like, it, it goes through... And then after the bomb exploding, (laughs) things start to change, but we don't notice they've changed until he sort of rubber band backs and then goes again. You know what I mean? Right. So like when he starts investigating, he sees like all the blood in the apartment and the, you can still save her. But that's stuff that he did because his, his, he had come back you know, already. Exactly. Um, But uh, what I was saying is like, I do like the way the movie plays with you of like, if you're paying attention, you're seeing all these little things. You're like, oh, he hasn't changed anything. Oh, he hasn't changed anything. But there are other smaller things, right? Like she still has her fingers. She's still alive. She should be dead already. Um, so it's it just it it like and then it is confirmed when Jim Caviezel sees the van and runs back on. You're like, OK, yeah, we are on a different timeline. But you still don't know how it's going to turn out.
1: I also think it's funny that he goes to her apartment in the beginning and finds all this blood, right? Mm-hmm. And he's just like, oh, oh that's interesting. <laughs> and, I mean, he's concerned. Um, but he finds all this blood. And then when the cops come, he calls it in, right? He The cops come and they're like, geez, why'd you touch everything, dude? Like your fingerprints are all over the place. I'm like, you're not going to test the blood. You're not going to be like, why is your
0: blood everywhere around here. Well, and they would, doesn't... that would take longer. Yeah, I guess. The fingerprints actually should have taken longer too. Right? <laughs> I don't know why they like what database were they running like on site. I do like when he's like or you know, are you seeing a I guess that's my point. Are you seeing a beautiful woman he's like I see what's his name's ass crack and the guy turns around with the thumbs up. Um let's let's start from the top and then we can get confused by the time travel as we go along. Sure. I I like the way it starts. You have the sailors running on. It sort of keeps rewinding, which is one at the like, it's perfect for this movie, but it also feels like a Tony Scott thing, like the kind of the way he films and like the way his movies look.
1: When I learned that this was Tony Scott, I was so shocked because about halfway through this movie, I was like, this is so Michael Bay-esque. But I know for a fact Michael Bay did not do this. And I thought, oh, maybe the same guy who did Training Day and um, the Siege did this. So when I looked it up uh, and I saw Tony Scott, I was just like, no fucking way. Then I kept reading Tony Scott. I was like, he also did Unstoppable and Taking of Palin 123, which we just had a discussion about that. How much like how similar those two movies
0: were simple trains. Yeah, so this this movie felt so much like obviously the look of it felt like a Tony Scott movie, like Unstoppable, like a little bit like Man on Fire. Although Man on Fire, because it takes place in Mexico, the color palette is is slightly different. Um, But then it also felt like a lot of movies we've done so, or movies that you and I have talked about, so like Source Code, right? This felt so much like Source Code. It felt so much like Frequency, and that you know the Jim Caviezel aspect of it too. Um, Like it, I don't know, it's it was interesting how much it like, there's this, there's this run in like the 2011 that I always talk about where they had these like crazy sci like a bunch of sci-fi movies that I really like that kind of dealt with this and um, source code adjustment Bureau limitless. And um, but this one too feels like right along with those, although that came out like five years earlier, but it feels like those movies too. But then you, it's like, it's got the avid, the added gravitas of having Denzel in it. Right. Because I don't know if you felt this way, too, watching him, that this was kind of like a break for him. He was like, this is like light work where he was like not having to like pull out the full stops of Denzel. He was just like kind of, you know what I mean? Like still always great, but not having to like lift too much.
1: I I, I see what you're saying. I I think also there's some and we've been talking about this a lot, especially with like training day, the siege. Um, Not so much. The Equalizer, because that's kind of a weird... T- like, that's when he's older. Um, we're almost kind of like going in reverse of Denzel movies, right? Uh, starting mm-hmm. out in the older ones, or the newer ones are going back. But what's interesting about this one is that he's still really charming. But he's not a bad guy, like in Training Day, right? Okay. Um, It, it has a feel of a b movie but then you can't have it can't be a b movie with denzel in it
0: exactly yeah well yeah it's just like a very like genre movie where you're there for just kind of the the plot and like the if there's a twist and whatever the other reason this seems like out of time is because out of time he's a cop in florida it's like in a swampier area like very you know hot and muggy and um there's a murder that he's becoming a suspect of. And so when you have the scene where the guys like your fingerprints are all over, you like, think it might take that turn, which it never does. Um, Mm, So that's like the other uh, confluence of that. So you then have the ship blow up with like school kids, sailors, women. And it's not just like any school kids,
1: any women. It's like you're the shots are like deep close-up personal shots of these children and teachers and you're just like holy shit
0: it actually makes you realize that in order for this it sort of if you think a little bit too much about it in the beginning it sort of ruins the movie because you're like well if you know it's about time travel you know he's gonna save that you can't murder all those people in such a way you have sailors jumping off of the boat on fire yeah like, you can't have that and then him not save them in the end. Like, you just watch it happen again at the end of the movie. You're like, oh, time, time can't be stopped.
1: <laughs> There's two shots in this that really stuck out to me that I thought they were going to make like a callback and they never did. That's another thing about this movie is that they set up a lot of things that never have a payoff. Well, the um, phone the phone ringing in the body bag, right? Okay, so the phone ringing in the body bag was one of them. Okay, so I guess three. The little girl who lost her doll, I really thought because Paula was there that time, she was going to catch it from the bottom deck. They showed it. Yeah, they showed it
0: falling as the as and she happening. like
1: she looks up. Did you know that was Elle Fanning?
0: I didn't. I So I read that Elle Fanning was in the movie and then I just assumed it had to have been her. Yeah, um, she was the doll. <laughs> she's method
1: um, what, what a lame joke but anyways so um, so I thought because it keeps showing the doll fall on the thing in the ocean in the lake I
0: thought that since Paula was there she was gonna as she jumps she catches it throws it back over her head to the little girl and yeah. that's how you know that yeah by the way this whole pod is not gonna work if you become self aware and call your lame jokes out on yourself Like I know I gotta, I, I gotta become just yeah, let like, him fly little bit NPC. Little, so little. Denzel shows up. He immediately looks over at the bridge where Jim Caviezel was standing. I guess we don't know it was Jim Caviezel. See, that's the other thing. That's the, sorry. That's the second thing
1: I was going to mention is that the guy on the motorcycle on the bridge is, you never have that as a payoff because one, is that Jim Caviezel? You never get that. It was. Or is it Denzel? It was, because it was I was Jim- thinking he kept, Okay, I get it now. But like I kept thinking like they think it's the bad guy. But what if it's Denzel? The
0: bridge also reminded me of uh, Jack Reacher. Have you seen Jack Reacher
1: with Tom Cruise? Yeah.
0: Uh, Yeah, a long time ago. Damn, I want to do Jack Reacher. That's too bad. Yeah, well, the shooting happens from the bridge. I remember the second one being god awful. It is real bad. Yeah, they Um, I was thinking for some reason I was thinking about that today and I was like, I think the part that's bad about it is that the young girl character that he's saving is just written very poorly. And like her story seems to be like just moving things around. We're not doing Jack Reacher 2 right now. So he he's walking around. Denzel's an ATF agent kind of investigating. And then he's under the bridge and we meet Val Kilmer. And it's sort of, you're like, if you think about it, you're like, wait, why is Val Kilmer looking for this guy? And then later mm-hmm. on, he's talking to his boss, Jack McCready, played by Bruce Greenwood. And he's like, you really think this is the guy? And I was like, I do. Yeah, he's Marine. Dah, 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 dah. So he's, you know, they're under the bridge and he's talking about his partner and he's like, oh, my partner's on vacation. um, Which you find out later is not true. And then I love the scene after this where Denzel goes and talks to the people who are in charge of this and like oh well we're not sure if this was on purpose or not And he's like oh it was on purpose and he like hands them like the evidence that this was a bomb and just he's like all right now where's your coffee and he's the one guy knows he's like oh man you are in charge (laughs) just like the charm and like the way he kind of makes them feel stupid he also has this. He does this two times in the movie where he says, "Well, all right," and like gives this like shit-eating smile where he's just like, <laughs> like you know what it Kind of like remind me idiot. of what you
1: know. What it kind of remind me of of uh, Tommy Lee Jones in The Fugitive when he walks yeah. onto the scene and like no one knows what they're doing and he's like, "I'm the only fucking person with a brain here." That's that's what it reminded me of.
0: No, yeah, absolutely. I can see that definitely. Um, and then he gets a call from a coroner and. Uh, well, there's the random woman call, which is Paula Patton. But we don't find out later. And then he gets a call from the local police about a body. And dude, he goes, when
1: that happens, when when um when he's investigating her apartment and he's going through her voicemail and he shows up on his on her voicemail, I'm like, dude, it's starting. It's it's
0: beginning to heat up. Absolutely. That is like that is when the movie sort of takes off. You need the rest of it to set it up. And this movie is very it's very tight. It, it's the pace is really good and it like keeps your attention the entire time, which is like well, it's a, it's a, so good. Like a two hour, nine minute movie.
1: Right. And maybe take off five minutes for credit. So let's say it's a two hour and five minute movie. And then you don't get a bit of time travel or time viewing until 35, 40 minutes into the movie but once that starts the next hour and a half is all of that and it keeps referencing the first 30 minutes of the movie so it's like it i like it just you don't miss anything
0: yeah and what's funny is he i will say one like one part of it that i felt was weird and i always check the time in movies like how much time i have left which is probably a bad habit because then i'm like all right well i don't have enough time to get this done you know like when you're watching like when you're a kid and you're watching a TV show and you're like there's 4 minutes left Do they have to save the world they have to like there's yeah. no time yeah. this is going to be a cliffhanger but um yeah when he travels back in time I was like all right there's 30 minutes left and that's 7 minutes of credits I was like what like there's not enough time for like anything you know to happen here um cuz then Jim Caviezel sees the van I was like all right there's 15 minutes left like what is what's going to happen in 15 minutes? Right. Um. So he goes, he finds uh, her body. She has like her fingers cut off, which you really like you see. I forget when but later on he's asked. He's like, do you know, he's like, I held her hand once. It's just yeah. like a line that's only funny to him, but like super fucking morbid. Like, yeah, he just said it for his I thought, benefit. I thought about that too. And, and when he said it, I was like, why do you just lie to the guy?
1: He never did that. And then I was like, Oh, fuck. Yeah. Like, and then yeah.
0: he tells the coroner, and he's like, do an autopsy, pretend the boat never happened. Um, And then he goes to her father. And it's interesting that, you know, he's, you know, she had a date last night. Who was that date? The date was a was nobody. It to, or was it, the date was probably to give Jim Caviezel the van. No, the date was like a date date. But um. Well, he said, the father said she had a date last night. So I thought, I was like, that really doesn't pay off to, to much. Yeah, it's another one that doesn't pay off, but it... It's either Caviezel or it's Denzel, right? But it's probably Caviezel. I don't, I think it's a, isn't Alan a guy? Or is that her Alan's ex? her, her ex-fiance who lives in Idaho now, who just decided Idaho's where I want to be. Um, at a hoe, but he really... not next to
1: this hoe. Uh, I don't know. You know, what? maybe um, you should become a little more self, aware little more self aware. Okay. Um. So, <laughs>
0: reprogramming. Stop, idiot! <laughs> I'm a fucking, idiot. <laughs> I'm a fucking <laughs> idiot. So anyway, uh, and then as he's leaving the father, he's like, you know, I want you to take these pictures. He's like, oh, that's not necessary. And he's like, I want you, I want her to mean something to you. And I think that's put in there because. Later on, when he meets Paula Patton and she is like, all right, you're acting weird. Why do you know I have a blue and white dress? How did you know where my apartment was? Like, you know, how do I know you're actually a cop? It goes from that to them, like being romantic with each other, like pretty quickly. Okay, so
1: a couple things I want to cover. One, when she's dead on the autopsy table. She's like there. Like that's actually her being her best dead self. Um, mm-hmm. acting acting the hell out of that. And there's something about like a dead body that is usually depicted in movies and TV shows where the eyes are like glossed over. But when you look into Paula Patton Paula Pattinson? That's her name. Paul right? Patton. Patton. When you look into Paula Patton's eyes while she's on the autopsy table, that's a live human being. Like She does a great job. She doesn't wince or anything, but when you look into her eyes, they're not glossed over. They're shiny and alive. So that's kind of alarming. The second thing, and I wrote this down because this was like super morbid. I-, I had to write this down. It cuts to him being in her father's house, right? Yeah. And it starts with the father going, you can have Any picture of her you want, they're all around the house, right? Yeah. And he goes, that's not necessary. This is the first time I guess he's kind of offered the pictures apart from like the end of the scene. Right. If Paula's pictures are all around the house, why does Denzel then have to feel like he has to show a Polaroid of this man's dead daughter? to identify her
0: oh i mean i think that's like a it's like a requirement like a police investigation requirement that you have to because the dead body is different than the live body i know
1: but doesn't that just sound like morbid he's like there's pictures of her all around the house so couldn't denzel just look at the polaroid look at the one of the pictures around the house and be like yeah it's her yes
0: it's a a requirement to get (sighs) next of kin to identify the body like you just required
1: I know it just sat it just felt like an extra like step that just felt it was an mean. extra
0: step in realism but yeah mm. like for the movie purposes. Um so when he goes to her apartment you kind of said this but the first thing he looks on the on the fridge and he's like you can save her. And you're like, "Oh, right, that's odd." And then there's blood everywhere and he does not react the way I think he should. Like he's not as like Ooh. you know that's
1: I didn't have that feeling because I thought, oh, he's a professional. She's already dead. So it's not like he's on a time. <laughs> he's on like a timeline to like, oh, my God, there's blood and no woman. No, he knows where she is. She's dead. I guess maybe that just makes he... you think that the death occurred in her apartment. That's
0: kind of what it makes you think at first. Yeah, I guess maybe because I knew a little bit. I don't know. Um, I also for some reason, <laughs> this whole movie, I. Don't know what led me to believe this. It's probably like I saw, if I saw a trailer for this, I saw Jim Caviezel saying like, I've already win. There's nothing you can do about it. I thought that Jim Caviezel also could control time. I <laughs> like, thought so too. I like thought he, he was, was going to so... go back and like, there's going to be two Jim Caviezel's on the boat. That would be cool. That would be
1: cool. So you know how in the beginning it starts out with this guy that hears, this is another thing. It starts out with this guy who hears the music playing from the Bronco. Okay. And he goes down to it and you see the keys are the are in the ignition and you the music is blasting. Um and I don't know what it was. It was like a 60s 60s tune. Don't worry baby by the Beach Boys. Okay, it was Don't Worry Baby by the Beach Boys. And all the navy guys getting on the ferry. Didn't it in the beginning of this movie, feel like a timepiece.
0: Yeah, I think it's also it's supposed to be a very recognizable song, sort of tied to Beach Boys "Water," tied to the sailors. That um, then you have that moment at the end. I, I I just want to say it now because I just finished this movie like two two and a half hours ago. That I've never had. You know how we all, you always joke about like the name of the movie being said in the movie. I've never had it where the name of the movie was basically said in the movie, but not said in the movie more than him looking at the radio. And basically you can hear Denzel thinking like, that's deja vu, but like not saying it. <laughs> he goes, doesn't he go? Uh, nah. Yeah, nah, nah. Yeah. But he's basically like deja vu without saying it. Yeah. Um, let's get back to it. So he also, um, what's funny is he sees the cat and the cats. I think the cats chill with him. Because later on, when he goes back in time and sees the cat, she's like, yeah, that cat doesn't like anybody. But now the cat's used to him. So when he comes this time, it's like not as mean. I don't know if I'm making that up or if I'm misremembering it. I think you're making But <laughs> well, no, because he does. like he feeds smile...
1: him. No, the only thing that pays off is that um, he feeds him in the back when he goes to the first time, which makes the cat like him. Right. Because and he do you think the cat traveled back in time? No, no, no. I'm just saying he feeds the cat. Right. But then. He knows exactly where the food is when he goes with back with her. Yeah, which is a little suspicious on her. She's like, how did you know where my cats that never comes up? But she has to be thinking, how did you know where I keep my cat food?
0: So after this, he hears the voicemail that he left her. And that's when you're like, oh, shit. And he then goes to the FBI and the FBI is like, OK, see, right. We're talking about the Oklahoma City bombing. And he basically tells them like, hey, this Claire woman is related she was made to look like part of the explosion. She had the Bronco that's missing was that Bronco and like clearly came in contact with the bomber. Um, and then this is the second weird smile. All right. Where he's like, all right, we'll look into it. And he's like, all right. And he gives him that smile again. It Like basically once again, like I'm the, I, you know, I'm the only one who can, can put all this together. And then he's like, my partner's car is here. And he's like, those are the cars of the victims. Um, yeah.
1: yeah. 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 And, um. Oh man, I'm trying to think of the guy, the like the 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 name of all the actors in, within. Like the so you got Val Kilmer, but you have Val Kilmer's boss. What's his name? Uh, Greenwood. He
0: plays uh, Bruce Greenwood plays Jack McCready.
1: Bruce Bruce Greenwood. That's right. So Bruce Greenwood to John me F. Kennedy himself. <laughs> Bruce Greenwood to me always reminds me of like the guy who is in charge of like the super secret top agency, but he's also like a double agent for his country. He's like,
0: he could also play like, he, he plays like a very like regal leader that you would die for, but he also could be the guy who's like, something's off about him
1: behind it all right yeah 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 yeah. so i was kind of wondering like and and also who was the the um kind of the nerdy bearded guy who kind of adam goldberg plays Dan. adam goldberg thank you see um i thought i was like oh could he be the villain right um but that's all that's all just stupid things that i thought um was it gunners the guy from uh, mighty ducks could have been gunners could have been Gunners. No, no, no. Uh, I was thinking. I don't know. I was just there's they're a weird ragtag team. I was like, uh, these are two famous actors to just be nothings in this. Right. So like, what are they? Um, And so then Bruce turns to Val and he's like, I like him. and I was like, oh, they're the time traveling team. Like now it's all like connecting to me.
0: They are the team and it's called. What the Snow White program? Which yeah, what is that? I mean, Snow White was brought back to life, right, by a kiss, wasn't that Snow White? No, so I'm actually
1: confused why they're called the Snow White program because. So apparently, of them are they the dwarves? (laughs) Did you miss this part? What do you mean? So there's okay. There's a fake explanation about the program that they tell Denzel. To disguise the real explanation about the program, right? Yeah, the fake explanation is a good reason why it's called the Snow White program, but the real explanation is doesn't make any sense on why it's still called the Snow White program. So the well, fake, go on, say uh, the fake. Uh, the fake explanation is that there's seven orbiting satellites around the Earth, and that's how they can um, view any angle at any situation
0: right i mean that just feels like good tradecraft to name it after the fake reason it exists rather than to name it after the we can travel back in time (laughs) program but
1: that that so anyway the seven satellites is why it's called the snow white program because of the seven dwarfs. but then the fact that they open up a wormhole is like
0: it shouldn't be called snow white program at that point super secret wormhole yeah, um, yeah, Snow White Secret Wormhole SW. Wow. wow, that's why. All right, so they can look four days in the past, can't rewind, can't speed up. They can record, but I guess they're not always recording because that would just take. When did too you much. always record? I'm just sorry. record what you're yeah. looking at, yeah, I don't, whatever. Uh, and then like, what do we do? And he's like, go to Claire's house, and they're like, why are we fucking focusing on this woman? And it's one, it's because Denzel's smitten. But two, he's like, there's no leads at the harbor. If we see someone there, it's not gonna. Although, if you see that dude walking around at four a.m., you might be concerned. Um, yeah. But
1: also, Jim Caviezel in this is like the fucking Unabomber. Like he's wearing like a U.S. military jacket. He's wearing. He's holding a duffel bag. Like suspicious
0: is suspicious. Gets. I want to talk more about that duffel bag. So this is at the time he gets that call from a CSI, and he's like. Hey, you know, is there a woman there? He's like, no. Um, and then Paula Patton comes out. I think this part's pretty cool. She comes out as if she hears something. And you think, oh, maybe Jim Cavizel is sort of stalking her to steal her car. Or right. you're like, can she see them? Right? Like, there's kind of multiple explanations because you know her car gets stolen eventually. And um, and then she kind of writes in her journal, weird feeling. I'm being watched. You know what's
1: also an- another weird thing about that is that. Val Kilmer and his team know that what this is, right? That this is a wormhole looking into this person in the past. And and I love the explanation where they take the fucking piece of paper once again, like, you know, what how, what happened earlier? Um, or so what happened more present? Stranger Things, Tenet. Stranger Things, Tenet. <laughs> Tenet. Uh, they take oh, not a piece Tenet, of- Interstellar interstellar that's right they take the piece of paper they fold it in half they stick a pen through it i was like jesus christ this is where it all begins right and so they know what this is and yet they almost like entertain the idea that there could be someone outside the house for denzel so then they do like a whole scope and they're like no no one's out
0: there so i was had a couple questions um Do they sleep when she sleeps? Like, what is that going on? Because she's sleeping for a while. Do you think they take naps and they just have, like, alternating people? Because they showed Denzel drinking coffee. And I was like, he's just up for three or four days. I thought that, too. I thought that they were just, like, um, taking shifts. So then there's this scene, another scene that doesn't pay off. Man, we're going to nitpick this into me thinking this movie's not as good as I I'd still like it, but... She's gets a call from her friend about a date and she's like, oh, I'll go on it whatever day. She's like, I'm busy at this time. And it doesn't, the timeline isn't really like clearly established of like, all right, what is, what's like, what's happening with that. And that's not even the part I have the most problem with. She's trying to flirt with herself in the mirror to practice for this date. Cause she's nervous and she <laughs> kisses her hand. No one is pretty as Paula Patton is like nervous about a date like that. Like she's not worried. I find that implausible. The time travel is one thing, but that cannot stand. Um, and then the the next scene, he goes to her funeral, and he's like four limo drivers or five, and there were clearly five at one point. What? Why was Jim Caviezel there? If if that's what we're supposed to believe, why was he there? Was he there? Well, that it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I mean, maybe he was there to to scope out if like. FBI agents were there if they're on him I don't know it makes no sense
1: okay well we need to talk about two things and I think we should talk about them now number one what was Jim Caviezel's actual motivation in blowing up the ferry um and hold on on. number two is um when he had that inner interrogation with Denzel did he recognize Denzel
0: no Because no, because that's the whole point of the movie is that you're like, oh, has the timeline changed? But the timeline had clearly changed. If you like if you pay close attention, things had actually changed. It just didn't really seem like they had. That's like the way the the
1: ambulance thing is the only thing that's like tripping me up.
0: Sorry. Well, because at the time of the at the time of the ferry originally blasting. It I don't think it had happened Then you go four days in the past and you sort of Denzel has rubber band around and now it has happened, but you're like catching up to, I don't know. It doesn't really matter. Um, I think his motivation similar to Hitler. (laughs) It's like, you know, Hitler got rejected by art school and then Uh this guy got rejected by the military. military, He's like, I'm going to become a bad guy. I think, I mean, it was, he was like, I'm a true Patriot. They don't realize it. So he's a crazy person. So his his motivation isn't actually like all that, you know, complicated. I like
1: during the interrogation scene, he says some crazy stuff like, you know, sacrifice and um, patriotism above all or, you know, whatever he says. And then that's like, you know, dumped on him during the final fight by Denzel. And he's like confused because he's like, that's kind of the stuff I would say. I just haven't said it yet or that's that's kind of the stuff that I say to myself in the mirror. How the fuck does he know that, you know?
0: Yeah, so the line he says is Satan reasons like reasons like man, but God thinks of eternity. And that's the line he throws back at him. And it's I think it's confusing to him because it's probably a thing he says a lot and he's like how do you know that? Yeah. It also is like I don't know, confusing. They don't really besides that line, they don't really establish like a he's a a religious person you know what i mean that this is like religious based other than that it just really is like they wouldn't let him in the military i think denzel is really great in that scene too which we haven't gotten to but just playing to this guy to try and get more information out of him you know what i mean like oh yeah like yeah i understand yeah they, they you're a true patriot um so we're back now where they follow her at work and she's a hostess and caviezel's asking about her bronco This part's a little weird, too, because she's like, oh, I can't meet you until then. They use facial recognition on a bag.
1: Okay, there we
0: go. And I think at least the movie calls out the fact that this is stupid when they're like, well, this has never been used that way. Oh, it worked.
1: (laughs) Yeah. You know, somehow I think they stuck that in there to being like. See, time travel is more plausible.
0: (laughs) Well, because there's this scene right after this where they're like, you know, she's already died and he's like, you know, because Valcomer says it's too late to save her. And the whole time, a funny part about this movie is Denzel is so concerned with saving Paula Patton, but not the 540 sailors, women and children that died on that boat. It's like her first. And then I can focus on that. It's because he's
1: seen her left boob.
0: Correct. Yeah. Have we got? Oh, we did get to that. I gotta say, Gunner's just like not even thinking. Just like c- couldn't possibly be bothered to not just like you know what I mean. Like he's just like what? Uh, what? Oh, sorry, sorry. Um, it was it was funny, but it's also at the same time like I don't think purposely done this way, but just like the idea of the government surveilling us, but then sometimes doing it when they don't even need to, right? Like you know, I think. Like some of the Snowden stuff would talk about how like the people he worked with would just pass around stuff as funny. Not even like, oh, we should yeah. watch this guy, but just like, oh, look at this funny thing I found in someone's private shit. So I don't know. That I don't know that Tony Scott was making a commentary on that, but it is kind of like a people in power who have that ability like well, not using it for the greatest things.
1: You're doing kind of two things here, right? One with purpose and one with like the the side effect of the purpose. So the side effect of the purpose would be like oh maybe Gunner's just like a, a nerdy incel that doesn't see women like naked women that all that much and then the purpose would be to show that Denzel's actually like a good person.
0: I don't know we have to call him an incel just because he was taken by Paula Patton, you know what I mean? Like that he just couldn't focus on anything, you know what I mean? Just... I I
1: I understand. Um and now I know what you would do.
0: I would turn it off. I'm, I'm a I'm a good person. Damn it. So anyway, uh, we next get where he points the laser into the past, and everything malfunctions, and he's like, "What the fuck is going on?" And this is like Denzel's sort of unhinged in this scene because of like <laughs> how in love he seems to be with Paula Patton when he's never met her as an alive person. But he's like, you know, they explain to him like we found this thing by accident. We're so worried about losing it. The funny thing about, you know, 50 million home blackout. He's like, we blamed Canada. And Gunner's like, my bad. And uh, Denny's like, I still blame Canada.
1: What's really funny is that there's like a throwaway line. I don't remember how this was resolved in Denzel's eyes. Maybe you can remind me. But they, there's a um, at the very beginning when they're explaining the Snow White program, they're like, yeah, seven orbiting satellites taking pictures of everything all at once. Um, so that's how we can go back four days and view anything from any angle. And then Denzel goes, "What about the audio?" And they're like, "What?" And I don't remember how he gets an explanation about that.
0: I don't think Probably he does. He doesn't, which is why he's like, no, "This is bullshit." Yeah. Um. And then there's a, like when I was saying Denzel's unhinged, he has this like line where he's like, "For once in my life, I like to catch someone before they do something wrong." And he's sort of like screaming, and it is like. I don't know. He's just very in love with Paula Patton <laughs> in this movie. Like, I don't really under... You know, obviously, he's like someone who really wants to do his job and he wants to stop this guy, but his focus is on the one. It, like, if t- if a rail car was going down and about to run over 543 people and on the other side was Paula Patton, Denzel would not pull that lever to make that train run over. <laughs> he's like, nah, you know, I can't affect that. Um, so then he... They explain the branching universe theory, which I thought was pretty cool. And they decide to push the note through. And he's like, oh, you know, they get it through. And he's like, great, but I'm not coming back. How far in advance did you see that coming? That what, his partner was going to take it? Yeah. Uh, probably when he walked away. I don't know. I wasn't really thinking of it. it. The movie sort of doesn't give you an explanation of, is this how he always died? Or did he die some other way? You know what I mean? But he finds the note. They're fighting, so he doesn't even ask his partner to come back him up. He just goes and gets. we watch him get killed. And uh, it's like this has already happened, though, which is, once again, not really explained whether it has or not. I think the scene where they're losing the signal and Denzel just takes the Humvee and grabs the rig and chases him is awesome, especially how you're seeing it in the past and in the future or in the present. Yeah, it's awesome. And he apparently so he stares directly in Jim Caviezel's eyes like he comes he runs around it with the car and turns and stops and he stares directly at him. And there's kind of this like, is he seeing him thing going on? Apparently, right. when they first filmed that, Denzel comes around, stops, looks Jim Caviezel in the eyes, right. and goes Jesus. And they did a test screening, and everyone laughed. And Tony Scott hadn't made the connection that this was Jesus and Passion of the Christ, the <laughs> so he had to cut it. Um,
1: yeah, you know it's it's funny because like as as much like as the Catholic Church gets shit on about like making like depicting Jesus is like a white guy and all of their like imagery picking Jim Caviezel as to play Jesus without like any of the long hair, makeup, beard and anything like that. Jim Caviezel alone looks like the most ordinary white dude.
0: He's pretty tan. I don't know. Also, I don't know that the Catholic church was telling Mel Gibson who to hire for that. I don't know why you put that on Catholicism.
1: Blame Mel Gibson. (laughs) He
0: directed it. Um, (laughs) So, he then chases him down, and you're basically watching, he chases him into the swap, and then he, wa- like, he says to them, guys, be- you're about to watch him get killed, and he shoots him in the head, and then burns him. I thought, based on the beginning of the movie, that we were about to watch him just burn this dude alive. Yeah. And as he explains later, he's like, I'm not a monster. You know, I shot him first.
1: Oh, and then he says you couldn't do the same thing to um, Claire, Claire, um, Paula's character. And he says,
0: what does he say?
1: Well, that I, was I,
0: I needed it to look like a fairy victim.
1: Oh, yeah. And a bullet hole wouldn't do that. That's what he says. Yeah.
0: So then they have found his name based on this cabin. And like he has another place, I guess, in the Ninth Ward. They track him down through the swamps. And it almost feels like a dream sequence when they get him like that. You know, they grab him and it's like, oh, shit. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like. It just happened all of a sudden. I was like, oh, I didn't realize this was happening. Like It happened grabbing- so
1: quick that it's like a, if you blink, you miss it moment where it's like they have him. And then all of a sudden you're in the interrogation.
0: Room. I re I rewound it because I was like, oh, wait, was that him? And then, yeah, they have him in the interrogation room. And this is where he gives a bunch of lines like. This case will never go to trial. I've seen what's coming. Yep. Um, I have destiny.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm here to win. You better have divine intervention. <laughs> he Right. Right. Says back, you better have KY jelly, which is like. Rape jokes only funny if it's uh, someone going to prison. Also, it's it's uh, only funny in early 2000s.
1: I don't think you could actually make that joke anymore.
0: You can make it. There might just might be some blowback. So he then goes out and talks to Bruce Greenwood who says, you're done. Oh, there's blowback. And there we are. And, um, he like Bruce Greenwood found out about the note and he's like, you're done. We've already found this guy. Like we've caught him game over. And, you know, Doug's like Denzel who plays Doug. It's like, well, you know, we still haven't saved her. Bruce Greenwood just looks at him like you're fucking crazy. Bruce, like, that's not how this works. And I like how after this, you can sort of t- like they're packing up the machine, and you have Denny just sitting there. And I don't know if the movie's supposed to be saying that he's just smart enough to have realized that this is what happens already, or if he just is like, "I know Denzel's going to call me and want to get sent back, and I kind of want to send someone back." Huh, right. So he gets a call denzel and he's just basically like i'm fucking in that <laughs> doesn't say it like that val kilmer's there he's like just lock up when you're done and i like when denzel gets there and he scans his card twice he's like if you had done that a third time like the alarms would have gone and like everyone would have been here um and he sends it back he's like the most likely outcome is we send your corpse back to four days ago it is so cool how they think about this
1: because so, okay, we get this with the note, right? Like it takes an ex- extreme amount of power just to send a note back. But I love how also they're like stripped down to your underwear. Cause it's like the less the less mass it is better, but I almost feel like sending a whole body back versus a note and worrying about a few layers of clothing is almost like pointless.
0: Do they explain how they sent him back to a hospital? So remember, like the
1: only reason that the note got to the desk was because they were at, they were viewing in on the desk.
0: Okay. So, so they all they had to or... do
1: is view in on a hospital. All
0: right, yeah, that makes sense. Um...
1: I love how though, like <laughs> the, um, they're in the middle of surgery. Like the doctors and nurses are in the middle of surgery. And all of a sudden this
0: guy in cardiac arrest just, fucking shows up where the fuck did he come from and then it just says revive me on him i imagine they they probably cut the scene where denny's like going through local hospitals like all right where are there are there doctors available <laughs> you know what i mean yeah and it's obviously not exactly four days it's like four days and some hours right because it's like daytime where they send him back um
1: it's no they don't send him back four days they send back one day
0: no, it's been four days. It's one day before the bombing. That's they, what I they, meant. Yeah, but they're sending them back four days from the present. It's four days and some amount of hours. Oh, you're like, right. It's always four days. Yeah, yeah they four don't days when, hours, yeah. But yeah. where they're looking, they can send them. And so he immediately steals an ambulance. And you're right. As someone watching the movie, you're like, all right, well, you know, that's where that ambulance came from. And it sort of starts questioning, is he going to save her? Is he going to be able to stop this? Um,
1: Another thing is that he steals a gun from a security guard. And he steals the ambulance from an EMT. And the amount of time it takes for him to get to Jim Caviezel's place, save Claire, get to the ferry, you never have
0: any cops on his back. Well, I mean, he, he is an ATF agent, right? So, like, they probably put out, like, you know, they do a sketch or whatever, and we're looking for this guy. They start doing it. But, like, they're not going to automatically, like, know to go after Denzel. I guess. It's
1: it will be as- fun at the end of the movie where, like, this timeline's Denzel comes in and immediately arrested for stealing an ambulance. And he's like, arrested
0: for Arrested for stealing an ambulance and arrested for being on that ship with the bomb. <laughs> yeah. Um. So he goes, <laughs> yeah, and
1: surviving yeah, yeah. He
0: goes to the swamp, runs the ambulance in there, gets shot. Then Kavizel shoots at the tanks. We actually see Kavizel's about to cut her fingers off when he comes. Of the in. scratch, right? Yeah, she scratched the shit out of his face, and so he starts taking her. He's like, "Oh, we have to stop him. You know, I can't go to the police. That would take too long." Which I feel like if you call in an anonymous threat and say this guy that looks that's like not this, why,
1: that's not why he did it. Why? Because he would be there. What? If they went to the police, he would be there. Okay. He can't run into himself.
0: No call telephone. I uh, I don't know. Have her call in a tip. I don't know. Anyway, I mean, you could do it. It it, it would be fine. But he's like now nah, cuz then he'll just blow it early, which I don't even know if we know he has that switch. You know, cuz it's on a timer. So does he also have like a switch he could have pressed from the bridge? Who knows? Who knows? Um, And then they decide to go to his, her place to clean up. He writes the message and she's like, don't wear that dress. Wear the blue and white one. She's like, what the fuck? And then she pulls the gun on him, which is one of those things that's like happens. And then they clean it up very quickly. He's like, you know, she calls It's sort of to explain the call from earlier. She calls, she's like, it's a good-looking black dude, about 6'3, you know, da, da 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 da. And um and then she just kind of breaks down and he takes the gun from her. She doesn't change
1: her dress though. No, she doesn't, because they're all like Giggly. Shook from <laughs> Giggly. No, but I think she that like the dress becomes the least important thing, right? Because um they they're all shook from the experience. Um, but also that she can't change that dress because it's part of the audience's like suspense.
0: No, absolutely. And she has that line, or he has the line, "What would you do if you had to tell someone they wouldn't believe?" Which comes back later. And he's same. You know, it's funny. I'd, I'd try. It, uh,
1: Denzel is actually six one, so in the movie they added two inches on him. <laughs>
0: Not the only place. So <laughs> he then is looking around everywhere. And says, I haven't changed a thing. And this is when the movie became a little frustrating to me. And he's like, you have to come with me. Yes, come with me to yeah. where the huge explosion is going to happen. That's how you'll be safe. <laughs> yeah, that, that was annoying for me. too. It doesn't make any sense. She's like, I thought I'd be safe here. No, you won't. Yes, you will. <laughs> Literally, yeah. you'd be fine. Actually, it's really funny
1: because he he changes He gets shot, right? And that she's like, let me heal your wound. Like, let me make it better. Let me help you. Let
0: me kiss and, your boo-boo.
1: And kiss your boo-boo. And he's like, but she doesn't offer that until like, um, she makes the phone call and everything is like, uh, settled in her mind. Right? Right. But at that point, he's rearranged the letters on the fridge. He's bled out into the sink with his shirt and bandages, and he knows that that was the voicemail that was left for him in the past, right? Yep. It doesn't occur to him that he hasn't changed anything until he sees the cotton balls
0: in the wastebasket in the bathroom. Maybe he's not the most observant cop. I don't know. He's also just got shot, so. Yeah. He does. He then predicts her friend Claire's call. And then she answers and she's like, is this a joke? She's like, I'd got to go. Someone's here. And earlier you thought that may have been Caviezel. Um Yeah, that's true. Driving there. I got to defuse the bomb without him knowing. So I got to do it after he leaves. And he's sitting there watching Jim Cavizel leave. But then is like, all right, now for you to be safe, you need to go run over to those cops. This is why it's just like a little ham fisted in the writing at the end. You needed her there, but then once he gets there, realized, all right, now I need you to get to safety when like the safest place would have just been for her to stay home. But you also need her there because she helps kill uh, Jim Caviezel. So I think I think the reason
1: he could think that she was safe with him than staying at home is where's the guarantee that Jim Caviezel wouldn't go back to her house and kill her to tie loose ends.
0: Well, he probably thinks she died in that explosion because he just drove off. He thinks you know they all died. I don't
1: know, man. I was just trying to put some logic into it.
0: Yeah, I think the explanation is he, this cop doesn't deal with time travel all that well, and he doesn't know what's happening, so he just is like, "You're safe with me, amateur." But if he's like, "I haven't changed a thing." She died at 1042 is when her body was reported, which is like eight minutes or so before the explosion. So, I mean, you know, she probably died a little bit before that. You've already passed really the time when she should be dead. She still has her fingers. So like him, like I haven't changed anything. You know, you've changed stuff. You just don't know if you've changed enough, I guess. But I I think it, the fact that he acts illogical, you know, we're sitting at like a, 30,000 foot view of this movie watching it, whereas he's in it and he's like, fuck, I have to keep her safe. She'll be safe with me. Um, And this all would have worked if they just taken a different car, but instead they take the (laughs) truck with the bullet holes and he's like, fuck, that's that truck. And so he runs, not expecting him to run back on. If he does have a device that can blow it up, he would just hit that button now, but he doesn't, I don't think.
1: Oh Man, I'm trying to understand why does he run back on? I because think he, he's afraid that Denzel is going to defuse
0: the bomb. So he's protecting the bomb. He's protecting the bomb. So he doesn't have a way to blow it up. No. So once he gets away, you could just if you can defuse it, you can defuse it. Um, I don't know why when he's Denzel's on that lower deck and the cops are like, you need to leave. If he's why he wouldn't just be like, I'm ATF. There's a bomb. I need to defuse it.
1: Because <laughs> he doesn't want to incite panic.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, those cops seemed a little panicked. And then, of course, they die later. Um, so he doesn't see him on that bridge. And then he's finding a way down. He finds an escape hatch to get down to the lower level. Paula Patton jumps. Good jumping onto that onto that boat. Yep. She finds Caviezel. He ties her up in the car. And then Jim Caviezel just has machine guns fighting off these cops to protect his bomb. Not only machine guns, he has bulletproof vest. Yeah, he's very prepared and no one's shooting him in the face. (laughs) What what is is that from when they make a guy wear a bulletproof vest? He's like, what if they shot me in the face? And like, that was a chance we were willing to take. I forget what movie that's from. Um,
1: Yeah, that's familiar to me, too. I can't remember. I'm going to. Yeah, go ahead. I'll look it up while you talk. You love to be
0: on your phone while we do this so uh denzel starts shooting at him and then denzel does this thing where he like has one bullet left and he shows him and he then paula runs into him with the car and denzel it's
1: dumb and dumber <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes that's right yes yes very good um Paula runs into him in the car and then he shoots him and he gets in the car with her and she's like, I killed him. He's like, no, I killed him. <laughs> and then they drive the car off. You
1: don't don't take this away from me, bitch.
0: And he's like, no, that's my kill. That's my kill. Uh, <laughs> they drive the car into the river. They easily tear the steering wheel off the car. No problem for her getting out. And then Denzel gets stuck because I guess the car is turning and it's near the propellers, whatever.
1: Yeah. 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 So it hits like the hull of the ship and, and like crushes um, the window where she exited from, but now he can't get out of there.
0: But then. Cause he's six, three, then it explodes and you see Paula get pulled up. You know, the cops have been pointing guns at her, but now they're like, Oh, I guess you were, I guess you believable that you had your hands tied to a steering wheel. You know, they believe her and, um, She's sitting there, you know, crying, screaming. I got to say, I, I I don't know if I've talked with you before in real life or on here, but her acting in the fourth Mission Impossible was not great. And a lot of the acting in the fourth Mission Impossible was not good. In the uh, f- fourth? Yeah, it's where Jeremy Renner's introduced... Um, it's the one with on the Burj Khalifa.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is her, isn't it?
0: Yeah. She's really good in this. And so, you know, I think that's just that movie. I don't know what was off with that movie, but like a lot of the acting to me was laughable. Um, And then she's sitting there thinking Doug has died. And then, of course, Denzel A, Denzel B. I don't know which one. Uh, this one's up. this one's B. Um, He shows up and then he's yeah. like, have we met? and uh he's like and she's like we have and then you get the that repeated line about if you had something to tell someone that's important but they wouldn't believe you we're leaving it in because you were so proud of how well you did that the first time <laughs> and then you just fuck up the ending like <laughs> that oh my god and then we already talked about him staring at the radio at the end you're gonna get his copyright struck uh him staring at the radio as "Don't Worry, Baby" plays, and um, him like, "Oh, this déjà vu." Nah,
1: nah. So overall, dude, I really like the movie. I feel like I watched this movie when I was like ten, and but it doesn't even matter. I I don't like. There was not a piece of this movie that I actually remembered. When Val Kilmer shows up, I was like. Oh my god, it's Val Kilmer!
0: Yeah, I was really really happy to see him, and it also kind of just made me sadder, like what he's going through, that he's not able to like be in more shit. Because I know when we did, um, when we did the uh, Top Gun, Ghost in the Darkness episode, oh uh, yeah, yeah, like I talked about how much I loved him in that. Um, so this is uh <clears throat> some of the weirdest alternate casting i've ever seen i don't even know i don't know if i believe it honestly but i'm gonna say it (laughs) okay so stephen toblowski toblowski is most famously known as ned ryerson in groundhog's day the dude who's like watch your step it's gonna be a doozy yeah he was considered for the jim caviezel role He better watch his step. You know, I gave you like a little uh, just it's just bad. That was bad. Um, That's pretty much it. So I had avoided watching this movie again for forever. When it turns out I'd only watched maybe the first half an hour and had given up on it. Um, This movie is great. I actually got choked up at certain points like this was just really, you know, Tony Scott, may he rest in peace, really knows how to put together a fucking movie that I enjoy. (laughs) Yeah. Um and this was just really really good, really tight, it holds your attention. Don't think too much about the time travel. It's unnecessary. Um although I do wanna read the screenplay one day to like see they were like <laughs> the, the screenwriters were like, man, the time travel was airtight. And I was like, I, I don't know about that. We'll see. Um but yeah, this is a very fun movie that like ends in a pretty great way. Uh And 540 sailors and children and women didn't die in the end. So that was good, too. I I was very happy to redo this, you know, to watch this one and talk about it.
1: It's always a win Um, when men, women, children
0: don't die. Well, thanks for listening to another episode of I Finally Watched. This is David. And this is Alon, And I finally watched...